Broadcasting live from the Zimmer Communications World Headquarters. This is Wake Up Mid-Missouri. Get ready, pal. Swami, let me turn to you. Uh, please make your case. Why would you, uh, why should you be the nominee and not the former president? I think there's something deeper going on in the Republican Party here. And I am upset about what happened last night. We've become a party of losers at the end of the day. We're a cancer in the Republican establishment. Let's speak the truth. I mean, since Ronna McDaniel took over as chairwoman of the RNC in 2017, we have lost 2018, 2020, 2022, no red wave that never came. We got trounced last night in 2023. Good morning. Wake up in Missouri. I'm Scott Fawn filling in this morning with the lovely Stephanie Bell. Good morning. You were just hearing... I'm just going to butcher this name, y'all. <laughs> if you've heard me on the show, I'm just a simple hillbilly from West Butler County. I'm going to try this. Stephanie, his name's Vivek, right? Just like Vivek Malik, our state treasurer. What's that last name doing? Ramaswamy. And actually, his first name is Vivek. It rhymes with cake. Man, fact checked at 6.08 in the wow. morning. That's it, a new record, John. You know, I, I, I normally see one 6.08 a day, and I'm not trying to pronounce <laughs> Indian names at that 6.08. The legendary John Marsh in the Jeff City Studios is also with us. Yeah, we just call him Swami for short. Well, I, I could say Swami. A uh, little swampish for me. It, all right, Stephanie, he just seems like a skinny whiner, right? You just want to, he just, he's got a real, a voice that just kind of, just curls you a little bit. I kind of like him, though. I mean, he says things out loud that other people won't say. I mean, he has no chance of getting elected, but he's young, he's energetic, and he's he's pushing the envelope on some of the issues and starting some discussions, so I like him. What was it that was said about him earlier in the week? The more people get to know you the worse you do in the polls yeah the more people get to know you the less they like you yes yeah. and essentially he was i mean i rona mcdaniel right i no one knows who that is no one cares uh she could own an irish bar for all anybody knows the truth is and i and i like trump i think trump's funny i voted for trump the truth is it's not rona mcdaniel whoever that even is his fault the head of the party is donald trump if you're gonna if you're gonna attack the losing since in, through 2018 you're attacking Donald Trump, and they're all, like, too afraid to do that, which, except for Christie, which is why I kind of like Christie. I mean, maybe fat guys stick together, but I like the fact he'll just he'll throw a punch. I think so. I, I and like- doesn't care. Well, speaking of folks that throw a punch, it is, it is <laughs> outstanding this morning to come out of the gate hot. We're going to bring in a guy... Uh, his name is David Steelman. Yeah, I tell you, folks, let me let me paint a picture for you. About 10 years ago, Mizzou was languishing. It was literally the definition of a dumpster fire. The legislature was about to gut that thing and move it down to Cliff Smart University in Springfield. Then Governor Nixon did a very unconventional thing. He appointed a guy he'd ran against for attorney general in 92. He appointed uh, the, the, the lion of Dent County. David Steelman, welcome to Wake Up Mid-Missouri. Well, it's great to be here. You're too kind. But for Stephanie and John, you got to understand that Scott's uh, bias against the Ramaswamy name is it's really a Carter County name from Van Buren. And the <laughs> Butler County boys won't cross that line. Uh, no, we won't. And uh, and I don't I don't think he, he gave a speech in Butler County. He'd give it on the corner and give out free beer. I don't think he'd have a dozen folks that would stay for the end. Uh David, it's uh, it's great to have you on here. Wake up, in Missouri. I tell you, I, but I'm serious. There was a, everybody today looks at Mizzou for things going great. Other universities are having protests to support a terrorist. The the football team's doing well. That basketball team's going to be a lot of fun to watch. Uh, the the AAU has has been somewhat settled. 
there was a time this university was heading an absolute free fall. Governor Nixon appointed you, and I've always pointed that's the that's the part where you decided you weren't going to accept mediocrity. Tell folks about this turnaround. Back now that everybody's promos, everybody's got their tiger ear on this Saturday for the Tennessee game. Tell folks about the time when you became a board of curator. You couldn't find a tiger anywhere. Well, you're you are too kind because it takes an entire board to make that decision. One curator can't do a do a thing. But but it is true that the, the university had been in a problem, and what the board did over a a couple year period it was two key moves the first was the hiring of of uh, moon choi i moon has been a fantastic leader he's done worlds for the university uh that was a controversial hire at that time because yeah. moon had not been a president or chancellor he'd been a provost but not a chancellor or president there was a tremendous amount of pressure on the board to uh, go with a African-American president because of the, this was when they had the marches and the protests. And I want to give Governor Nixon a lot of credit at that time. He, as a Democrat, did not bow to that pressure or want the board of curators uh, to bow to that pressure. And that was the first decision. The other one that's not really talked about now that I think was just as important is it took us two years or so, or maybe almost three, but then we merged the offices of president of the university system with chancellor of the University of Missouri, made those one key uh, office. I'd wanted to do that for 20 years. And I think that is what allowed Moon then to have the success he's doing, is to not have a system and a chancellor divided, have it one system. And they worried that that would be bad for the other campuses. And frankly, Dr. Choi's got all he can handle at University of Missouri at Columbia, so it's actually helped the independence of the other campuses. I think John's got a question for you, David. Sure, David, John. Yeah, David, your many years over at the State House and minority floor leader, I think that was your second term. What's your take on the Dean Plocker thing? Is this, Where is this headed, in your opinion? I, I wish I knew more. I, I really don't. I, I will say this, and, and the facts have to come out, and I don't know the facts, but uh, I do know Dean personally, and I, I believe he's an honorable person. Sometimes these uh, expense accounts and, and official accounts are handled by different people, and they get their their wires crossed. I don't know that that's happened. Dean for hadn't hired me to be his defense attorney. Uh, but but I would like to see the facts before I jump to conclusion. I've been a little disappointed, and this is the tenor of today's politics, is to watch the people jump on him uh, without knowing the facts. And a lot of these people running for office have jumped on him without knowing the facts uh, for their own benefit. And that's what's changed at the State House over the years, John. It's not just the expense account issue. It is the fact that everybody thinks they have to have an opinion and come to a conclusion before they know a damn thing. And, and that's bothers me more about the Plocker thing than anything I know about the Speaker's office. Let me talk to you about another thing in Mizzou that's going well. Big game this Saturday at Tennessee. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to spill a little info here. Uh, there was a time that you the, the coach was let go, the previous coach. They're popular here locally. And tell us about the, the hiring of Drinkwitz. You were pretty active in that behind the scenes. That looks like a pretty good hire today, but, but tell us about the time that... Uh, uh, what all went into the recruiting of the coach that now does all the great recruiting? Well, th- that is actually, and that story, th- th- there have been articles written on that story. 
the board really overstepped its bounds. You know, proper governance. And Stephanie, being up there, you hear this all the time about the board's got its job. Don't get in the other people's job. Let the athletic director do his job. But the search that was run, and and President Choi was very new at that time, uh, came back with some some candidates that, frankly, the board found underwhelming. And in a conversation, uh, I said, I'm not, they gave us their guy, and I said, I'm not voting for him. They said, we have to vote for him. You can't have a, a dissenting vote. They didn't know, they didn't know me as, They didn't know me as well as you, <laughs> Scott. And I said, I'm not voting for this guy. And so, and, and he was a good guy, but, but that's what finally led us to Eli Grinkwitz. And again, people said he had never been a head coach at a Power Five university. Kind of like the same criticism of President Choi. He'd never been a president or a chancellor. And they said Drinkwitz never been a head coach at a Power Five university. And, and again, just an observation on higher ed, the worst mistakes that higher ed makes is they are so risk averse. They will not take a risk. They will play it safe all the time. And that was two cases where that board took risks. And I really think those risks have been proven to, to I don't think it might argue with me now. Two pretty damn good bets. Yep. I think you're right. Well, so what's next for Mizzou? What's the next big thing? I know, uh, you know, that we need some funding for the reactor. Um, we've got the new Life Sciences Center. I mean, where do you see the university heading? You know, I, a dear friend of mine who I was on the board with, Don Cubs, says the worst thing a former curator can do is start <laughs> acting like he knows things that he doesn't know. And and the university changes so fast, and things change so fast in the university. I, so let me tell you what I would like to see out of the university rather than where they would go. Is that okay, Stephanie? Oh, sure. I'll cheat a little bit on your question. I think that we are now seeing in this country the, the complete evisceration of the idea of the elite university, that, that somehow the education is better at these private elite universities. Uh, what they are really are, uh, J.D. Vance called Harvard a, a hedge fund with a networking uh, <laughs> uh, tied in, and I thought that was generous. They, they have started to breed an entitled group, and it's not just all ideologically left, an entitled group um, that is, if Vivek Ramaswamy, who went to Harvard, wants to complain about what where this country has gone wrong, we used to have people appointed to the Supreme Court like Sandra Day O'Connor or, or Rehnquist, who had actually practiced law and did not gone to Yale and Harvard, and I think what the University of Missouri should do, along with other great public universities, more than anything else, is take a very close look at how it uh, recruits and how, how it lets students in. It ought to be defined by who it allows in and not who it keeps out, like the elite universities do. And the modern public university ought to finally divest themselves from chasing this elitism that, frankly, if you ask David Steelman, the problem with the country, I would say that it that that elite networking is right at the heart of it. Stephanie, I hope you didn't go to Harvard. Oh, I sure didn't. I went to Mizzou, M I Z. I ain't never met many uh, folks in my leagues I liked. I tell you, David Steelman, thank you so much for joining us. I sure enjoyed the visit. No, no, I did. It's great to talk to you guys. Thanks. We'll be right back after this. Coming up at uh, six thirty, secret of Missouri's mayor Ron Fitzwater is going to join us.
This is Wake Up Mid-Missouri. The news can be heavy. So can a boulder. This is Wake Up Mid-Missouri. Republicans fighting Republicans is not a winning strategy. And we saw this in 2022 where we lost races because of vitriol between our own party. And we can't win without all of us. Well, we had our Dent County rundown earlier with David Steelman. Now we're going to have our D.C. rundown with Stephanie Bell. We are. That was Ronna McDaniel responding to Vivek Ramaswamy going after her at the debate last night. Uh, she's taken a lot of criticism. Of course, she had a challenger in her race um, with Harmeet Dillon uh, last year. Um, when she, you lose, you get criticized, and she loses all the time. Well, but you, I, Scott, I have really haven't heard that point, but you made that point this morning that maybe, you know, why are we blaming her? We really should blame Trump because Trump's the real head of the party it's just and, to do with it. yeah and, and so you know to the extent we're losing we got to be you know more mindful of who's really uh, at the head of the party so lots of fire last night at the debate um, they talked of course about foreign aid and that's been a hot topic in congress and we're still now i think the biden administration has put down their foot and said we're not gonna you know move forward any aid for israel if we don't have ukraine funding on it i know the republicans are saying you don't get your ukraine funding without some border funding and so i think we're back in the uh you know spend all of the money which is not where i was hoping that we would end up um but it was a hot topic uh last night at the debate all the candidates obviously support uh support funding for the conflict in the middle east and for israel uh they were more varied on funding for ukraine and i would you know we've already sent so much money to ukraine and i think that's where a lot of people are is like let's just you know it is so interesting though the folks that say oh uh, no more money for Ukraine, but give all the money to Israel. Because what they were what they were saying was, we can't afford to send money to Ukraine. Well, that's a different argument. If you don't have the money, which we don't, to send to Ukraine, how do we have the money to send to Israel? Very fair point, Scott. So, but you can't. But as a Republican, you can't stand on the primary stage and say I don't support funding for Israel. So as they a all Republican, do. Republican, you can't stand on the primary stage and make any sense. <laughs> You can make sense. Come on. I'm not seeing it. Uh, they did. And the other one of the other topics which I was hoping to hear about, which we did hear some about, and I really like Nikki Haley's stance on abortion. She had a more, um, I would say, moderate approach um, in the first debate, her response, which kind of drew some criticism. But last night, you know, when they're when the other candidates are talking about federalizing abortion, she said, you know, she kind of went all federalist on us and said, no, each state can decide. And, you know, I hope the states make the right decision and choose, you know, a pro-life stance but you know leave it up to the states and i kind of like that there's a reason i don't live in california there's a reason you don't live in california there's a reason i live in cole county not boone county <laughs> oh come on <laughs> yeah so so you know I, I appreciated some of those more um more we we got in depth a little bit more on some of the issues last night that I think with a smaller stage that we you know can afford to do uh when we can't you know and then the the, the real question is at what point you know, does that field become even more narrow? And does Trump join the bunch? And then I don't think we'll, we'll just, it's just going to be chaos, I think. Why would Trump join that crew of losers? He's kind of said that maybe toward the end he would yeah. jump back in. Why? <laughs> why would you go, why would you go join that crew of losers? I don't get it. Hannah, as the uh, the young folks say today, you do it for the plot, right? Trump just loves the, <laughs> loves the yeah, sparring. Yeah, sure, Stephanie. Okay. <laughs> uh, he loves the sparring and he loves to be in the spotlight. And so I think, I mean, he would destroy anyone on that stage and I think he would just revel in it. Well, I think Christy and him would be an interesting debate. Well, that, it would be very <laughs> that, personal. I would, I would pay good money 
to yeah. see that one. That little pipsqueak guy we were making fun of earlier, whatever, <laughs> Swam, Swam guy, Vivek uh, he Swam would smack guy. him away. I actually think Nikki Haley could be president of the United States. I think she's got the judgment and the capacity. I was excited about DeSantis because like everybody else, especially the mask wearers, I went to Florida for freedom during COVID and loved it. But I don't know after the, you know, essentially he did nothing. And that's his greatest accomplishment, which I respect. It's probably what you need to go in, in a president. But uh, I, I actually think I, a Christy Trump thing on pay-per-view, I'd, I'd actually watch that. I, I would too. if they like squared off to eat, see who could eat the most Big Macs. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah, that'd be awesome. All right. Back to uh, back to the real news. We've had Ivanka on the stand yesterday in the Trump trial. Like I guess. She, oh, yeah. She's a serious person. She took it seriously. She testified about some loans she received and about her position as an employee in that Trump organization. Also, Republicans are getting a spine. Uh, they subpoenaed Hunter Biden and President, uh, and President Biden's brother. Uh, the walls are closing in. Do you believe that? Scott, no. taking a shot. No, I don't. Look, I think he's got a, a kid that that stinks. That's just you know he got a, he had a great kid that served his nation, that served the state of Delaware. Then he had a dud. He was <laughs> Joe's one for two on kids. Uh, you look, I, I in my it's one of those one of those things where when I see something I want to see be true, I get real skeptical. Would I love to see Joe Biden have a crisis and not get not win reelection? Yes, I would for the betterment of this country, for the betterment of my F one fifties gas tank. I would love to see him not be president. I just don't see it. I think it's I think it's people seeing what they want to see, and then it's some people like an election thing. They know it's wrong. Well, I hope Biden goes down in flames one way or the well, other. I'll tell you who's not going to go down in flames. Missouri's mayor, Ron Fitzwater, coming up next. And later in the show, Senator Cindy Olaflin, my favorite interview. Love her. Telling you what you want to hear since 2015. This is Wake Up Mid-Missouri. Welcome back to Wake Up Mid-Missouri. I'm Scott Fon, joined by Miss Stephanie Bell. Good morning. Producer Hannah, Producer Hannah is now my daughter Millie's favorite person on the show, even with me on today. Uh, and John, Especially. Yeah. The, the legendary John Marsh in the Jeff City Studios. Good morning. Speaking of Jefferson City, I, I'll tell you, there once was a time when Jeff City was like, the, downtown was like the bus station from Total Recall. You just had godless bureaucrats, mullet-clad mercenaries oh going around. Go. Ticketing any poor soul that happened to come to downtown. Stephanie's uh, definition of utopia. Then there was a man that was so popular, the entire town got together. Every single person said there's only one man to be mayor. Missouri's mayor, Ron Fitzwater. Ron, welcome to the show. Well, Scott, thanks for that, that build-up. It's great to be with you. And Stephanie, oh. John, Hannah, thanks. It was so bad. I mean, it was just it was just wokeness run amok. It really was the definition of Obama to Trump. You had just woke folks tearing down statues, taking pictures of themselves, and now it's just win after win after win. I I don't know. I think some people are getting tired of winning. I see people downtown. They have to lean against buildings because the the winning is just so aggressive. <laughs> you cleaned out the corruption in the park department. You rescued, liberated downtown. Now tell me about the convention center. This is exciting. Uh, we've, we've got a great project, and I appreciate you bringing that up. I always enjoy an opportunity to talk about our amazing city. But, the, yeah, our convention center parking garage hotel complex that we announced last week is 
The process is underway. We are in the process of we sent out a request for qualifications, essentially looking for a developer to come in and work with us that catches our vision. And it's just we've been working and, and talking and finally put the package together where we could take control of a full half block in the downtown area. And that's where we're proposing to build the new structure. And we're just really excited about the opportunity that's going to bring for for our city and for mid-Missouri. Talked to an individual from a agency yesterday, and they're excited to say, wow, we can move all of our meetings back to Jefferson City. And that's what we want. We want people to enjoy our city, and this is going to be a very exciting project. You know, I understand there's a lot of swamp folks that are obviously frustrated by your success. Obviously, Stephanie... Uh, I'm sure it's hard for her to admit how wrong she was about the past. But but seriously, when, we, when you move forward, uh, is there a chance you get a, a Missouri developer? I, the one, the biggest mistake I see is some of these cities. They think if you're not from Missouri, you're twice as smart just because you're from somewhere else. When you, when you sit down and look at this, is that council going to be able to pick somebody that has some skin in the game that's from here that cares? Well, we've got a, a task force put together to be made up of a couple off out of the city, a couple out of the regional economic partnership, and a few other people. It'll be a fairly small group that'll go through the developers. We'll probably interview some. But, yes, we'd like to get, get someone that has caught the vision, someone from Missouri, if possible. We want to pick the best person and the best organization, but... We'll have a small group that we'll go through, and, and then we will narrow it down to one and then make a recommendation to council. So there will be a lot of criteria we look at. Obviously, the financial backing will be a, a huge piece because someone's going to have to partner with us. We've got some resources. We'll be able to utilize some funding streams, but we're going to need a partner that, that catches that vision also. Mr. Mayor, you can probably tell if you're watching on video, the IQ in the studio went up. Brian Hausworth is here. <laughs> hey, Scott, thank you so much. It's <laughs> he good. saved us. Yeah, it's, yeah. It's, it's good to see you, Scott, and great job hosting this morning uh, with Stephanie. Uh, Mayor, we appreciate you, you uh, coming on. I want to follow up on Scott's question about the conference center. You both are absolutely correct. I, I mean, just in the last couple months, I've covered the MoDOT Safety Conference here in Columbia. It's about 600 people um, at the, at the uh, Holiday Inn Select, the Missouri Chamber of Commerce, Heather Transportation Conference. Here, I can't tell you how many education conferences have been at the uh, at the Holiday Inn Select. I think it's largely because of space. Now, those are just a few in recent memory that I've covered. I'm sure there are others that have had to either come here to Columbia or, in some cases, to maybe Lake of the Ozarks because of space limitations in Jefferson City. Would that be correct? That that is absolutely correct. I mean, my pharmacy association, we do not have facilities big enough to be able to bring my annual convention now we do our legislative day here but we can't bring our annual convention and there are many associations and again state agencies and and organizations like you talked about that cannot come to our city or have been to our city and have not liked the accommodations they had and have moved out so we think this new facility is going to rally organizations that want to come back to their capital you'll be able to see the capital from the the facility it'll be across the street from the governor's mansion close to restaurants bars retail shops and we just think it's a win for the entire community and we're so excited to continue with the project 
the, we're joined by Missouri's mayor, the mayor of the city of Jefferson, Ron Fitzwater. Uh, John Marsh, I think, is going to step in with a question. Yeah, Ron, I know this is something we've talked to you about before. You know, longtime Jefferson Citians have watched the battle for a conference slash convention center go back all the way to the 80s and shot down by this administration or the council and all. I guess the question is, we're from Missouri. Show me, is this the time it's going to happen? I made the comment last Tuesday that this is where we plant the flag. This is where we're going to make it happen. I think people are right to be skeptical. We have never, the city has never delivered on the project. We've got a new team in place. We've got a new invigorated look at it. We're, we are trying to take a business approach to how we're addressing this issue. I mean, you've heard me say a number of times that I'm a limited government individual. I mean, I think there's a role for government. We try to use it as a tool to help developers. But as I indicated earlier, we've got to find the private sector that wants to partner with us. We're going to deliver this time. And we've, we've got a lot of excitement, but we've got a business plan. We've got a spreadsheet. We're hitting target dates. And we've got a very aggressive timetable. We're going to hold to that the best we can. And I th- We're going to have a, a center in a couple of years. Well, and I think, I mean, the thing that's most exciting for me, having spent a lot of time working with downtown businesses and, you know, seeing that downtown Jeff City post-COVID, there's a lot of vacancies and it it breaks my heart because we said bye to some really good businesses and we're you know we're jeff city's not the only community i've spent you know quite a bit of time the lot this week especially in downtown columbia and they've got some vacancies too you know it's kind of which came which comes first the chicken or the egg obviously putting a new conference center down there you know could support additional restaurants i think and other things but you know you're getting a developer into town you want to show them that you've already got some of that as well so you know while we wait for this conference center process is you know is there anything the city can do to try to bring back some of our main street small businesses well we're going to work with the downtown association we've got a great group there as you indicate the 200 block of east high street we've got a lot of empty buildings but as i as i talk to the partners that that we're working with and the task force if we were private sector if we were disney we would buy up the 200 block of east high street because that that property is going to be a gold mine when this project comes through so we think we're going to attract. I mean, there was an exciting announcement, you know, kind of floating through Facebook yesterday from our favorite coffee shop in town, a new restaurant coming to town next year. And, you know, we just think there's going to be more and more of that as this project, you know, we start taking down the old garage, we take down the, the News Tribune building and get that site ready for the new facility. I think we're going to fill up East. The 200 block and even beyond, I mean, I think there's incredible opportunity for the private sector to come in and capitalize on what's going to be an exciting project. I tell you what, it just it feels as a, as a downtown business owner myself, it kind of feels like it's just morning downtown. It has uh, since you took office. But also, you know, you, you have a, a business association downtown that was, was a little puzzling to me. But now you've got Kara Alexander-Starks come in. I think she's been a breath of fresh air, too. Yeah, Kara is an amazing individual. We've got a good relationship. Of course, we work together. Not a lot on on issues at the Capitol because her clients don't intersect with us very much. But you know, certainly know her from the Capitol, and she has done a, a good job with the Downtown Association. Yeah, you know, I think has brought a new vision, new leadership. And I went to their event 
last Saturday afternoon, tried to stop into some of the shops, and you know, just people are really excited. I, I hear nothing but positive comments. The only negative comment I hear is, "Don't build it too small," and we're gonna we're gonna do the best we can on that site. And again, that's where we need some expert advice, and you know, that's why I've tried to surround this project with people that understand what needs to be done and then try to step aside so the professionals can do what the professionals do. You know, I'll work the government side and, you know, we'll work with city council and try to bring partners in, but we've got to have professionals coming in. And Kara is a a great partner and she kind of got the word out for us as we were getting ready for the announcement and they are very excited. So, so Stephanie, when groundbreaking happens, are you ready to say you were wrong and this is so much better than the losing? Winning is better? There's only one person in this studio that has supported downtown from the very beginning. And I've been... There's only one person on this show that's liberated downtown, and that's Missouri's mayor. No, you know, I I think that people should pay for parking. I do. And um, God, see, this is... uh, You know, Mr. Mayor, you can win and win and win. You just can't win over everybody. (laughs) Missouri's mayor, Ron Fitzwater, thank you for joining us here on wake up in missouri great program this morning thank you for letting me be a part of it we're gonna be back about 709 we're gonna have the woman that i think is the best interview in the state of missouri senator cindy o'laughlin is going to be outstanding she says what she thinks you will not leave this interview wondering what what's on her mind this is wake up mid-missouri Watch the gang on our Facebook or YouTube channel. Find us at Wake Up Mid Missouri. Welcome back to Wake Up Mid Missouri. I'm Scott Fawn, filling in this morning along with Stephanie Bell. Good morning. And producer Hannah in the studio, keeping everything on track. What up? Along with our friend John Marsh in the Jeff City Studios. Yes, sir. I tell you what, I just heard they put new metal detectors in the Capitol. Now, John, I tell you, how many times do we sit and listen to these folks? Oh, gun control's bad. Pro Second Amendment, right? The, the, these colors don't run. All that, all the stuff. And then where they think at Air's Pizza, you can't bring you. You can bring a gun. You can bring an AR. You can bring a bazooka to Air's Pizza, right? And that's your right as a, as an as an American. But if you come to the Capitol, no guns allowed. Now, I'm not saying that's the most hypocritical thing I've ever heard, but I'm not not saying that. <laughs> and what made me think of that was I heard they put new metal detectors in. That's a wonderful use of taxpayer dollars. All the folks out there at the NRA bank were working hard for their Second Amendment rights to pay for more metal detectors at their own state capitol to protect their supposedly pro-gun legislators from, the, from the, their constituents. But I saw Jennifer Bukowski. <laughs> if you go on Twitter to Esquire on Fire, Jennifer Bukowski is one of my favorite people in the world. I have had my mind changed more by her than anyone. Although, in the next segment, I'm going to have to tell Stephanie that I was wrong. Um, wow. Oh, yeah. It's going to be, it's not going to taste good, but I'm going to do it. Uh, I saw Jennifer. If you go, if you go look at her Twitter account, she has a new purse that comes with it's like. It's a clutch. It's a clutch. Uh, is that different than a purse? A little. Okay. It's a it's a purse ish thing, but it's got brass knucks built into it. It's the most Jennifer thing ever. I don't know purses, but it looks like a very fashionable purse with some bedazzled. Uh, it's pretty clutch. cute, and, and brass knuckles are illegal in Missouri. And I think one of like they tried to change that 
a while back. Who it was Dottie, I think, had tried to tried to bring them back and, and legalize them. Now this is a um, it's a McQueen person. If you search like McQueen clutch knuckles, it's a style. And so they cut, they came out with this whole line of purses that have and they've got you know you put your fingers in and they're they yeah they are bedazzled. It's really beautiful. Oh, but, Jen would drop you too. It'd be great. But, she she would totally drop you if you try to steal that purse type thing according to her twitter she tried to take the purse through <laughs> columbia tsa and they said it's a no-go okay name me a person in your life that you would watch a reality show about more than jennifer oh yeah no she's, no, no one yeah she's br- a brilliant <laughs> Maybe stephanie yeah i i've 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 advocated many times they should have a reality show together but i think honestly stephanie you know i love you but if i had to pick one <laughs> I think I would watch just Jennifer going through life, doing things like knocking out folks to try to steal her purse type thing. Well, she is going to D.C. And, you know, the other thing I think is like, a, I think once I took Mace to D.C. because I was going by myself. And, you know, you can't carry Mace in D.C. legally, which I found out. Um, what? Yeah, no, you can't. I think you have to have like a permit or something. You can't. It's illegal to have Mace. So, so it's like the state capitol. <laughs> it is, I think. Well, I'm sure they have a bunch of Second Amendment fans there, too. Or, oh, they just have hypocritical ones in Jeff City. But that's, I mean, she is going to dc so you would want to be able to protect yourself but apparently she can't she can't take the purse i am excited for her and i know she um she'll come on noel uh gary's show on tuesday mornings and she's going to the big federal society event it's always a oh, huge God. hobnob what are like, you east coast people thinking of the torturous <laughs> rule people with now everyone will be there you know i, I suspect I'm sure everybody that's got the best of intentions for us <laughs> the, my pet peeve in politics like i've always been a republican the thing i hate the most in all the politics is these east coast Ivy League jerks. They get together and hobnob and come up with how us, us poor little plebeians should live our lives. Well, it is the thing I hate the most of anybody involved. And on the heels of what we heard from David Steelman this morning, I mean, there's a lot of Harvard and Yale folks you out think at the David Federal will be Society. There? No, no David, he's not. I'm going to be, be there. at the Mizzou game with regular people, my people, while Stephanie's with her people out on the East Coast. I, I, I tell you, I have never seen any good thing ever, ever. The last, I'll tell you, the last person that came. To Missouri from the East Coast that did us any good whatsoever was Meriwether Lewis. <laughs> Prove me wrong. <laughs> Prove me wrong. And he went back. Oh yeah, he did. Uh, and and his his buddy uh, Clark stuck around and was governor. And then the Missourians didn't elect him. He ran for the first governorship of Missouri and he got beat because he's from the East Coast and we knew better. I I, I detest the East Coast people, but I love that Jennifer may go drop. There may be a few less after she gets done with them. <laughs> but there may be some East Coast uppity Ivy Leaguers looking through one eye come Sunday. She, you know, she's she's a principled woman and she she will not drop anybody, but she will start a debate mm. for sure. Um, so, no, we're excited. And then we're also going to be you hanging. You tried to steal her purse. Oh, she'd yeah. She'd drop you. Oh, for sure. If she didn't shoot you, she'd drop you with that, that brass knuckle thing. Oh, for sure. And then we're going to be hanging out with our friends from Reason Magazine, so we're going all the way libertarian on Saturday. They're opening a new office, and they've got like a whole day of wow. programming. So You're we're just hearing packing all the crazy in, aren't you? You know, Jen <laughs> wow. and I love to nerd out, like conferences yes. and stuff. And Can so, confirm, right? So they've got a whole day of programming. Thoughts a lot, and prayers, a lot on. But some fun topics, like the libertarians get really into psychedelics. Like pot. Libertarians yeah. are like pot, right? Yeah, but they're talking transportation, and they'll, they'll be talking a lot on First Amendment and free speech. I suspect the Missouri v. Biden case will come up. Um, so I'm... I, 
I always come back with like new ideas and, you know, and, and it, and they make me think just like you said about gin, right? Those libertarians sometimes have a, have some good ideas and sometimes my mind can be changed on some of these topics. Gin makes me think East Coast Ivy League Republicans make me want to vomit. <laughs> so it's similar things. I, I do think it'd be great though to get like the update. We should call her and see if she can give us a check. Can you imagine being the poor TSA worker that tried to tell her that? <laughs> That, that, it's probably bulletin board material somewhere at the TSA. Well, th- uh, we'll be right back in our next segment. We're going to come up. Senator Cindy O'Loughlin, I'm telling you, it's going to be the best interview you hear all week. I've got some good old-